And here we go. All right. How's everybody doing? I'm Rondell Sutherland here with Maurice Edwards, uh, T. Nesbitt. And this is a new show, uh, Nutty North, a show all about AFC North football. How's everybody feeling? <laughs> how, how everybody feeling? I'm good, man. Can't complain. Uh, grateful to be here. We stand safe during this COVID, you know, acting all up. Everybody got their mask. We just took it off to talk. But, uh, right, right. You know, ready to get this show on the road, talk about the AFC North and see where everybody going with it. Okay. How you doing, T? Living the dream, man. Uh, fresh off of IR. Had some surgery yesterday, but uh, here we play. We play the <laughs> Better than ever, hopefully. I can speak. I might have a little list in this, but we good. Let's go. Okay. All right. So, let's start it off with the draft recap. You know, you want to start off, T, with your team? Uh, the Browns did what they needed to do. Uh I thought a big thing with us was hitting the offensive line. Um, and we definitely did that. Um, we got some linebackers. We got some corners, some safeties. We got a little bit of everything. Um, it's like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, I just – I thought that we needed to really – the trenches more than anything is where we needed to go. And um, Jedrick is a big, big piece of that. Um, that man's mammoth. So, I mean, if, if – Anything the Browns are going to do starts and ends with Baker and keeping him upright and tight. So um, just being able to get a big lineman out there to be able to protect him, along with having Conklin, too. I know that wasn't the draft, but it's just it's taking care of what our needs are, and that was big. So I think that was that was a huge help. Um, we It sucked last season, our, our season, but um, we ended up in the top ten area to be able to get the – my opinion, the best lineman in the draft, so okay. I'm happy with that. And fill some death pieces out too, so it's all good, my hood. All right, <laughs> what about you, Maurice? Uh, yeah, the Ravens. I think it was a good quality draft. Uh, starting with Patrick Queen, getting him in the first round. Uh, he should be a starter from day one coming in. Him and Malik Harrison, uh, Columbus on Walter Ridge, right there. Shout out to Ridge. You feel me? You know where I graduated from. But uh, he should come in also be a starter next to Patrick Queen. They should make a Good duo right there. And it was also uh, the J.K. Dobbins pick in the second round, which they got off a trade. That wasn't even originally their pick, but the trade they made got them the pick. Uh, J.K. should come in, take some carries in. Uh, I think he'd be a good fit with the offense. He, he'll replace Mark Ingram down the line and get in rotation this year with Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Uh, so we just had the best offense, rushing offense and just added another good runner to it. It's funny. Uh, I was comparing him to Ray Rice all season I was telling people that like he reminds me of a more explosive Ray Rice uh, so I think it was funny that Baltimore actually ended up drafting and then uh late in the draft somebody like James Porsche a lot of people may not know uh, but the receiver from SMU he's led the country in catches uh, only has three drops during his whole career uh, so that's great hands for somebody who played four years of college football uh, been starting since day one and to have that many catches he should come in and compete for a special team return man uh, competition off the jump with Anthony Thomas, that's something we've been looking for. And also another player is Devin Duvernay, receiver from Texas, a uh, 4-3-9 type guy. Another guy had a great career, heck, a lot of catches. Uh, he had 106 last year alone right. um, in his career. He only had six drops total in his four years. So when you bring two guys in like that, that shows they can constantly catch the ball, whether the catches are open, in traffic, contested, it doesn't matter when. Guys like that show hands is needed. Uh, and what we're going to touch on later, them hands are needed for uh, the Baltimore team. All right. All right. Let me get into the Bengals draft. I feel like 
you know, we did good picking Joe Burrow. That was expected. We got our, you know, our new quarterback after Andy Dalton had to leave us. Well, after we traded him. And, uh, you know, I feel like T. Higgins, he's going to come in and show out. He's going to be, you know, our new A.J. Green, even though we still got A.J., but he's getting up there in age. And who knows if he wants to stay with us. If he does, you know, we might have a, a Larry Fitz, I mean, Larry Fitz situation. But it would be nice to have another talent in T. Higgins. And um, I really I really love that we attacked the linebacker because we, we always been weak in the linebacking core. So I really love that we got Logan uh, Wilson. I haven't seen much of him. I'm hoping that from getting him that he is what they expect him to be. And um Akeem Davis, I hope I'm hoping he, he also shows up and shows out. Uh I didn't think we really needed a DN, but uh you can never have too many you know, too many people in the trenches, so and uh the guard. Um what was that? What was that? Offensive? Yeah, I think y'all did draft off the guard. Yeah, we definitely need offensive line. We definitely need offensive line. And um, Marcus Bailey at the end, that that kind of just completed that uh, linebacker core. So, yeah. Anyone want to take over for the Steelers or what they got? Boo! I don't care nothing about the Steelers or what they got. No, um, uh, they, they, boo. You get nothing from me. I was gonna try to be nice and optimistic about them, but I I can't. If I'm gonna use these this mouth and and say things, it's not gonna be nothing about the Steelers besides Boo. You can go ahead, Coach. Uh, yeah, they had their draft. Uh, I can't remember the exact pieces off the top of my head, but they did draft some players. Right. Who, yeah, who did catch my attention and should make immediate impact on their team. Uh, but they also got a couple of young guys from last year that they drafted. They think will take the next step like a player like Deontay Johnson or something who could possibly become their number one receiver. Uh, they didn't have a first-round pick at all because they traded that for Minka. I know they don't regret that. He was a first-team All-Pro, so anytime you could trade your first-round draft pick and get a young, quality player who's an All-Pro and has a bright future, I think they won't regret that. But they did draft something later in in the draft, which should be quality to their team. Okay. Right. I'll give them credit for the Chase Claypool pick, though, from Notre Dame. Um, he was a wide receiver that I like coming out. Big body. Big body. Um, they It's not going to replace Antonio Brown. I, mean, I know they're a year removed from it, but I do think that they need to start getting away from that era and just adding more pieces to the, the big being era that's going to transition to their next quarterback, whoever that may be. Right. Um, I think that having somebody that's a big body is going to help you in any situation with any quarterback at any time. So just to be able to kind of do that and fill the pieces around them a little bit, that that doesn't hurt. Oh, you good. And um, Anthony McFarlane, um, he killed Ohio State. And usually when you kill Ohio State, you're not all right with me that game, but you're all right with me long term. So okay. I remember him busting our tail and almost, you know, willing them to victory. And that's saying a lot for a team like Maryland to be able to beat Ohio State or get close to beating them. So the Steelers love Ohio State players for some reason and apparently players that kill Ohio State. So more power to them. But it still ends this sentence with a boo. Piggybacking on what he was saying when I was thinking of their players, Anthony, Anthony McFarland was the first one. Uh, I thought of because he could come in and be a home run hitter. So the backpack off T, he was talking about him being at Maryland. I'm a guy who follow college football recruiting like crazy. So I can give you a little quick rundown on McFarland. So he's originally from that area. He's a five-star running back. Uh, And as everybody knows, I'm a Miami Hurricane fan. 
and he was silently committed to us till the day he committed to Maryland because he said his mind changed. He wanted to stay home. He didn't want to be that far away from his family. So he's one of them players who could have went anywhere in the country. Like, Low State was offered, Georgia, LSU, Florida State. Like, check his high school stuff. He won them players, but he just decided to stay home. So the talent always been there with him, and he always had that big playability. That's why I'm interested to see him on the Steelers because they haven't had a running back. James Conner had a shot, I feel like, last year to really take over the road when Le'Veon left. And I don't think he really took it over like they're expecting to. Now, don't get me wrong, he did have his injuries and stuff like that. But I think with them drafting somebody like Anthony McFarland, that's letting him know, like, hey, we got a home run here, hitter, who could score anytime he touched the ball. Like you said, you do that stuff against O State, you can play. Yeah. Definitely. It don't matter. So uh he should be a real interesting piece for them. And uh that's kinda could be scary for us other AFC North teams. But uh yeah, Anthony McFarland is a ball player that they have that I'm interested to see. With him, I kind of got that feel that year Khalil Mack played us and just dominated. They lost the game, but yeah, the best but player on that field that day was definitely Khalil yeah, Mack. And that game man. against Ohio State, McFarland hands down. Kept him in that field. game. Man, like listen, He kept him in that game. He had some things to say to my Buckeyes, and it wasn't nice. So just to see that, and like you said, I, I, I agree with you on the Connor. I think he's more of a complimentary back yeah. anyway. But you always need that lightning to your thunder. Mm-hmm. And James Conner is definitely the thunder. So if you bring McFarlane yeah. there, he's lightning, he's rain. And they have Samuels, who's from NC State. He's a he's a player who could do a little bit of everything. Because at NC State, he played their running back, fullback. He played some tight end, he played wide receiver. And I noticed the Steelers have kind of been using him in an H-back kind of way. Sometimes they'll get some carries. Sometimes they'll line up outside the tight end. So I think that's a player they're going to do multiple things with. Uh, so it's interesting to see what the Steelers going to do. But like you said, I really could care less for my Miami Ravens fan. Man, I feel sick to just my being, stomach. I'm just being honest with sports right now. I said a lot of positive things about that team. <laughs> I got enough things to worry about. I can't deal with another element of it. Right. Yikes. Let's move on, please. Uh, I forgot to say at the beginning of the show, we are sponsored by Mojo Sports Gear. So, you know, check them out. And, uh. To talk about the Steelers, yeah, I'm I'm with, I'm with the same with UT. I don't really want to talk about them at all. You know, they always little brother us. So the only thing I I will say is they need a quarterback because big man, he's not gonna last another decade. He's oh, not. No, nah, you could give that up. It might be three more years with him. Yeah, and the backups that they do got. That. Who they got? Uh, Duck and um, who's the other backups? I, they got? Um. I think they got JT. Mason. Mason, pop you in the head, Rudolph. Yeah, I was about to say, bro, right in the head with that. Watch your mouth. <laughs> Watch your mouth. <laughs> Run up and get done up, Rudolph. I want to say, I think they got JT Barrett. I want to say he's a backup, but I don't I don't know if his talent is going to transition as yeah. it started. I don't know. Scratch That's time I see Barrett. He was, he was bagging at Kroger's. So. <laughs> <laughs> Still love you, dog. Appreciate uh, that Ohio State tenure. But, uh, yeah. You won't see him on the football field no time soon. I guarantee you that. Okay. Well, to move on, let's talk about free agency and the moves our teams had. All right. So I'll start off with the Bengals. And I, I wouldn't say we lost anyone like truly that important for us, but the players that we gained will help us. I know that much. We gained a lot on defense. And then I, Mike Thomas, what receiver is that? Hold on. That's a, I want to say Jacksonville. That's not who you think. Yeah, I know it's not that many nah. times. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I didn't think we added to the receiver court at all. Cause yeah, y'all added something to that receiver. 
I, I feel like we got a solid receiver core. So to add to that, I don't I don't know what where they're doing with that. But we definitely we definitely beef up the defense, definitely that secondary. I love that we retained AJ. And um I know they're still talking contracts, but I hope he I hope he does sign on for for a long time. I really do. He's I know they're talking player. with a uh, Mixon, and I hope he signs on for a long time also, because I would hate to lose Mixon. I truly would. But yeah, all all together, I would give us like a B, a solid like maybe B plus for off season moves. Uh, what about y'all? Uh, well, are you asking me on the Bengals' opinion, or are you asking me to speak on my team right now? Uh, y'all can talk on the Bengals' opinion. Uh, the Bengals they made some solid moves. Uh, let a couple players go that. Probably been should have let go like a Tyler Eifert, somebody who hasn't been healthy. Now when he plays, he's good, but right. it was time to eventually move on from there, especially since you guys drafted the tight end early uh, last year from Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I uh, so yeah, it was good to let that go. Uh, they signed a player like Von Bell, who they think could be like a he'd be like a hybrid type safety, could play something in the box, could cover a little bit. Right. I mean, uh, his speed, I don't think he's that fast. Yeah, that's why he's going to play more in the box and right. he's blitzing more. Uh, Trey Wayne should come in and add some competition at the cornerback, at least. Uh, Denard hasn't been where he's been. I don't even know if you guys still have him, honestly. Yeah, I want to say we still um, we still have him. I think they let him go, actually. Fitzpatrick. Uh, Kirk J. Patrick. Denard, he's not with Jaguars. Okay, see, well, yeah, he's not even there no more because he hasn't lived up to expectations. So, Trey Wayne is going to have to come in and play. Forget competing for competition. Gonna have to come in and play. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander, he should be a cool little nickel cornerback for y'all. He came from Clemson, uh, played for the Vikings for a while, uh, so that should be it. Josh Bynes, that's actually the linebacker that just left the Ravens. Uh, he's not gonna be nothing spectacular for y'all, just coming from our team, but he is a guy who's gonna come in and right. do his job. He's gonna know where to be. He could get lined up. We signed him off the street last year, and he came in and made some plays for us. So I think you guys did. A solid job in the offseason, retained some players, brought in some new faces. Uh, so we'll see what the coach can get done right. in year two. I wanted to say the biggest the biggest one that we did gain was DJ Reader. Right. He's going to be decent down there with uh, Lawson and Atkins, all them. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what I'm going to be more interested in seeing because I've never seen Gino with somebody next to him like like a reader. Right. And Gino by himself is an animal. So if you have somebody that can take some type of attention away from you and you can be able to use your speed and strength, like Gino's right. always been able to do the double team. That's what was the beauty of him, is he can still get it done being double team. Yeah. Now you have to pick your poison. And that's going to free up not only just him, that's going to free up the ends, the linebackers to be able to come in and make plays. I think that was a big part of why your linebacker core wasn't as great over the last few years. Right. You didn't have nobody that could really push the envelope like a next to a Geno that can open up the space for them. Now you do. It's I think that defense for you guys may come along a little quicker than the offense, at least year one, because, you know, the, the rookie quarterbacks take a little time to kind of develop. So right. it's going to be very interesting to see. And I think they have another, I don't want to say throwaway year in Cincinnati, but they have a low expectation, high kind of ceiling. Yeah, like no one's really inspecting anything. No, not at all. Just Especially waiting for that vision. defense and offense to glue, yeah. Give Joe Burrow his, his just due and, and – Zach can kind of come along with him. They can grow up together. So I'm I'm very intrigued by the Bengals, actually. Yeah, all right. So what about uh, you, uh, Maurice? So uh, in Baltimore, it was a good offseason. Uh, was able to franchise tag Matt Judon. 
who was our leading sack getter last year. He had ten and a half sacks at the outside linebacker position for us. He's been peaking for us these last couple of years as he's been in the league. Uh, we got Calais Campbell. We was able to finesse him from the Jaguars for a fifth round pick. Uh, I think that's going to be something huge for us. Because if you look back last year, we struggled with playing good teams that had good running backs. Like you look at the 49ers game, uh, their running back kind of had their way with us. Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce really didn't do what we needed them to do up front this season. Uh, Tennessee, as me and T was speaking about off camera before this, they had their way in the postseason as well. So I think that Calais Campbell uh, pickup will be great. One of the best defensive linemen in the league, and he's from the U, so I'm going to love that. Uh, we were supposed to sign Michael Brockers, but he didn't pass his physical. Sorry. So he ended up going back to, uh, I was about to say St. Louis, to L.A. Ram. So that was, uh, it could have been a good fit because, like, he's great against the run as well. And as you can see, that was a big need for us to stop in the run. We wanted to address the defensive line and the linebacker position for us. Uh, we signed one of my personal favorite re-signs was Chuck Clark. If you don't really watch football and stuff like that, if you just pay attention to your team, you might not know who Chuck Clark is. But he's the reason we let Tony Jefferson go. Uh, he's better in coverage than Tony Jefferson. Uh, he's forced three fumbles last year, had three interceptions. Uh, all our players calling him the smartest player on the defense. So when you have somebody like Earl Thomas calling you that, uh, don't get no better than that. He called the plays for the defense. That's real rare for a safety. Usually it's somebody in your front seven, typically your middle linebacker. So signing Chuck Clark for the cheap deal we got, I think that would be great. Uh, we was able to re-sign Gus Edwards to a one-year deal. How long that we will have Gus, we'll see. Uh, we were also able to re-sign Jimmy Smith. I think he'll be like our Brandon Clark row this year, the veteran in the secondary who could play a little bit of corner, a little bit of safety, but he's getting there up in age. So, you know, he's not going to overpay him or do anything like that. Uh, we lost a couple guys. Uh, we traded. <clears throat> or tight end Hurst to the Falcons, but uh, that's not a bad pick when, if you look at it, like something like the Texans, they trade DeAndre Hopkins and get David Johnson, a fourth-round pick and whatever for DeAndre Hopkins, and we trade Hayden Hurst, and we get a second and fifth-round pick that end up playing out to be Calais Campbell and J.K. Dobbins. So I'm not going to complain with that at all. So I think it was a good offseason move. Uh, I am hurt. Personally, we lost Marshall Yonder. Everybody know me know that's like, my guy, my guy, Marshall Yonder, like, was big for us. So we're interested to see who's going to step up there. We got the young guards we drafted last year and the young guards we drafted this year from Michigan. So there's going to be some competition there. But it was a solid offseason with free agents in the draft. I'll give us a non-biased miss because it's what I'm seeing on TV, probably like an A. I okay. mean, we did have the best record in the league. We folded in the playoffs, but we added players, added more talent to go with the MVP. So I'm going to give the offseason a grade in the A. Right. I'll say this uh, before I get on my team. That Calais Campbell pickup pick made me say words that I can't say on here. Great move. It's just, man, why don't we do that? Why don't we think of that? What in the world? Because that's, yeah. you said the right words, finesse. Yeah, there was no other way to put that. Finesse. For a fifth round pick, you gave us an I mean, all pro. He's, I mean, I, I, will give, I will give you that. It was a finesse, but he's like 33 now. Like, it's about you think how he you gonna play. Have to, it's about how you playing at that age. Like, this man just had Nine sacks last year. I mean, I didn't watch him. I yeah, didn't watch see, him last yeah, year. You so. got to speak on what you know. You can't speak yeah. on what you hear. You can't go off a team's record and think somebody garbage. Oh, no. I know he's still a beast. I'm just saying he's 33 on a four-year deal. I don't know if he's going to still be like that. But you, if you're saying he's playing. Calais Campbell ain't 33, though. Yeah, 
I think the the four year contract thing is not gonna be four years. Gonna be ripped up mm-hmm. any day. Um, the moment he stops playing like he's playing, right. he won't be in Baltimore. Especially anymore. with Baltimore. If you know Baltimore, <laughs> the minute you don't play, oh, uh, see, that's why we don't end up like these other franchises. We right. quick to cut ties with you if you ain't playing good. Yeah. You ain't. We not gonna overpay you like for example. I love C.J. Mosley, right? But I knew we weren't about to pay him no eighteen million a year, and that's why he ended up in the New York Jets uniform, injured and out the playoffs. You can do that when you draft well, and you have it, and that's why it always starts at the top. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I can, especially being a Brownie fan, I can agree that a lot of things that go wrong always yeah. starts at the top. It, start, yeah, it starts anything. at the top. Um, leadership, and we know living in the world we live in, it starts at the top. If the leadership at the top ain't no good, then the rest of the things will just kind of falter, and that's what it happens around the league, and that's what separates Baltimore, is that they do have great leadership. Um, the Aussie um, leaving, that we'll see, because that transitions to a new era. Eric DeCastro, but he's been but, under Aussie the last 20 yeah, years. That's so exactly knows. what I was going to say. That's the beauty of that, is that it's like they keep it in the family. Mm-hmm. You can keep that lineage going. So, I mean, I, I don't have as many bad things to say as Baltimore as I do about the Steelers. <laughs> Even though they did steal our team, but we're going to leave that one alone. Right, like, uh, I got more respect for Baltimore. I'll talk about that thing. Yeah. So, I'll give them that. All right, what about you on the on the Browns? The Browns. <sighs> we did some things. Um, We did what I thought we needed to do. Um, Like I said earlier, Conklin was a huge pickup. Fun fact, um, back in 2016, we could have had him, but we traded down and yep. picked up you know, what, what we needed to be able to kind of start building our team together and getting extra draft picks and stuff like that to sign him four years later. So when I feel like we were ready to compete, back then we weren't ready to do nothing um, but stink up, stink up the joint. So now, I mean, that helps. Um, Austin Cooper was a, a big pickup, not just because of his hands and you know his ability to catch the ball, but he can block. And to me, that was outside of Freddie Kitchens. Our biggest problem over there in Cleveland was the fact that nobody knew how to block. Um, we had a couple pieces there on the offensive line, mainly Treader and um, and um, I'm forgetting his name right now. But um, our guard, they could they could block, but for the most part, we just didn't we we didn't take care of that area. Like Nick Chubb, he did more with less than a lot of running backs would be able to do. So I think being able to have another tight end that. What can you do when the ball's not coming your way is beneficial. So it's like we have a star player kind of with Hooper, but he's also a role player. And right. You can't forget about the Jarvis Landry nah, aspect. The best still got yeah, absolutely. So it's it's mainly we took care of what we needed to take care of. We didn't try to be pretty um picking up Andrew Billings was a good pickup because that's another death piece on that D line. Um we already have a pretty good defensive line, but just to add another piece of death, it definitely helps us out. Um, Carl Joseph, he helps um, in that backfield. Um, Sandejo, we just we we took care of a lot of pieces that we needed, and also the Case Keenum situation. I don't think he necessarily pushes Baker, or he's going to supplant him, replace him, or anything like that. But it's more so you know if Baker doesn't do his job and handle his biz, then somebody else can come in. Right, like you got a vet behind him. Yeah, absolutely. So it's more so Case Keenum's not the long-term answer, but if you see Case Keenum out there in October, November playing football for the Browns, you know that this is the last year of Baker. So it's just one of them, like you have to kind of keep him alert. And I think this is a big year for Baker because the quarterback class coming in this year, I like a lot better than I liked last year. So I think if you're going to try to replace him – You'll do it 
that you'll make this year make or break the year. So I think that my Browns gave him a lot of pieces to put together. I'm going to give us a B just because I think last year we ended up with an A. And I personally even didn't think last year we deserved an A. I just think we, we took care of some skill positions. But our problems that I thought we would have, we did have mainly the coaching and the offensive line not being able to do their job. And we ended up 6-10 and 10 because of that. So I think – we had a B this year, but I don't think we needed an A offseason either. I think we needed a, just a solid offseason. It wasn't super pretty, but we got things done and took care of pieces that we need to take care of. So I'm cool with it. Okay. Um, just talk on the Browns. I didn't really watch y'all's, y'all's moves on the offseason. Not like that. The biggest one was Hooper that I did see. Um, but it does really – it kind of looks like – it kind of looks solid. Like y'all did make some moves. I don't think y'all really did anything impressive. Y'all were already a, an impressive team, so it was really the coaching position that I was I was watching, and I don't I don't really think y'all got the coach, but you know he might get the job done. He might get the job done. It's better than what what he had, and that was just pretty much kind of where we went with it. I think um because it it came down to Stefanski in um, kitchens last year, right? And I just think it's this is what happens when you reward mediocrity. Um, Freddie Kitchens made us look okay last year, but it's it's a different chair you're sitting in. You know, um, when you're interim, you're I think he's he coached last year like he wanted the job, and he did some things that you know was a little different. I think this year when he was a head coach, he was um he outsmarted himself a lot. He uh, tried to do things that he wasn't capable of. He instead of just you know hand the ball to Nick Chubb, you need one yard. Instead of doing right. that, I want to play action, drop back five um, steps and then throw it 30, 30 yards. That doesn't make any sense. You're outsmarting so sit down somewhere. And that's what got him fired. Um, so it's it's mainly if Stefanski can come in and he doesn't really need to be special. He needs to continue what this offseason was and just be solid. You just need to be able to get the ball into your, your playmaker's hands. You have Jarvis Lindsay and Odell Beckham. There's not many teams out there that have that combination of skill out there. You have Nick Chubb and you have Kareem Hunt. There's not many teams out there with that. You have Austin Hooper. There's not many teams that you can say pound for pound, skill position talent, that they're they're par with the Browns. So that's why it will be now Baker's fault. It had to be Kitchens that had to sit on the the, the knife last year. This will be Baker. So if we can't get it done this year, it may be a wholesale change that way. So um, as long as he's solid and does what he needs to do, man, we we should be pretty good. Okay. Uh, What about you, Coach? What do you think on the Browns? Uh, Yeah, I think they made some good – some good solid pickups. Uh, like T said, they filled in some the little things that a lot of fans are not gonna pay attention to. Right. A lot of fans don't pay attention to like the skill players and stuff. But to address the needs on the line with signing Copeland, that was a great signing. Uh, then followed it up with the draft pick on the O line. So that tells you right there what they were looking for. Uh, I think the Browns had a pretty solid offseason. Uh, like he said, now it's all gonna fall on Baker. Like at this point. What else do you need? You got the skill players. I mean, honestly, I think he could have fell some on him last year, if we're being honest, because right. uh, he had the skill players. It was time the Browns were in game. Uh, he just didn't play up to par. You feel me? It's just nothing else you could really say about it. So uh, now it's really going to be on Baker's shoulder. And like he said, this is a better quarterback draft class this year. So it could be your make or break. Or if you don't, you got somebody like Sam Howell coming out next year. Uh, so that could be somebody. You think that gonna be a sleeper? Oh, it's not. Sam Howe is not no sleeper. Nah, if, if you don't know who Sam Howe is, you better go watch college football. 
that's a problem with like a lot of Ohio. They like only watch right. Big Ten football. Yeah. So like, if you don't know who Sam Howe is, he's gonna be like to a top out. three pick in two years. Okay. Like you might as well go ahead and cut that on now. Uh, so that's somebody that could be for. So I think it was a pretty good offseason for the Browns. They made some solid moves, addressed the needs they need to make. Uh, so we're gonna see what they're gonna do this year. Tell you one thing, Baker Mayfield needs to send Jameis Winston some flowers, some candy, an edible arrangement, <laughs> something. Because that's why Baker doesn't get talked about as much. Jameis Winston is 30. Yeah. Baker was right Liter- behind him. Literally. You know what I mean? So it's – if you give in the same thing I said about Jameis, is exactly why I think that Tom Brady will take Tampa to the Super Bowl, or at least close to it, because you don't need Tom Brady to be spectacular. You just need him not to throw 30 interceptions. Right. Same thing with Baker. If Baker throws 11 interceptions, you have a whole different football team. Whole football season. He threw 21 of them. And not all of them was Freddie Kitchen's fault. Sometimes Baker Mayfield does exactly what Jameis Winston does. Try they to make him. Sometimes you just need to throw it to your playmaker for five yards and let him get 15. Baker Mayfield wasn't lying when he said Brett Favre was his favorite quarterback. Absolutely. Because you could tell he tried to play just like it. Like, right. I don't know if you can tell, like, in the face or my expression, I was never huge on Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's, I'm not huge on Baker Mayfield neither. All right. All right. So, y'all want to talk to Steelers? Uh, yeah, we can talk to Steelers. Yeah, I guess. This is the, the Nutty North. By the way, um, anybody in these comments, come with it. Are you a Stiller fan? Uh, you feel like you need something to say? Go ahead and put it in the comments. Throw your input. Um, that's what we do here. We love all kind of fan interaction. Um, not big on the trolling, but hey, if you feel a froggy leap, so eat your face. <laughs> but um, otherwise, you know, go ahead and throw, throw your opinions out there. I, I don't have no problem with it, but I guess we can talk some Pittsburgh Steelers. I'll say they uh they did a good they resigned well not resigned franchise tag Bud Dupree. Uh, they were able to resign Vance McDonald, who I think is. Uh, he's pretty. He's a pretty solid tight end. Yeah. But like he could be underused, and I see they brought in Eric Ebron as well. So it looks like they're gonna try to go a little two more set right there on the tight end. Uh, and get you could tell they want to get back to the old still away because they signed Derek Watt to a three year deal. Uh, we traded on Chris Warmly, who was a starting defensive line. Well, he wasn't a starting defensive line for us, but he played a lot. Uh, was in rotation and all to do his job. So you could tell they want to get back to the still aways. I think somebody like. Javon Hargrave, though, is a big loss. Uh, I think he was a – well, I ain't going to say big, but I think it's a loss that could play an impact for them because he was somebody who made noise on the defensive line next to Stephon Tewitt uh, right there. I thought that was a good little combination they had. Uh, They lost Nick Barnett, who really didn't do much, but like I said, they replaced him with Eric Ebron. So uh, the Steelers, I would probably give them like an overall grade of like a C, uh, C-plus or something. They didn't do nothing too flashy. But you could tell they are trying to get back to the needs. They didn't have a, too much money, I don't think. Uh, they didn't have too many draft picks, but they did make trades. But the Steelers made some pretty decent moves to the team. I'm just mad they let go of Artie Burns. I love just watching him get cooked every week. Uh, <laughs> I do. So, so, right, so I got to – he's from the U. I got to rep my boys when they're doing good and when they're doing bad. Artie, boy, that boy got cooked. Every play, like bro, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing, bro? Did they, hold up, did they replace him though? No, they didn't get a cornerback. But okay, T. So while we speaking of the free agent moves still, and the, so the Browns. So like, what you think y'all gonna do with the Joker? 
he'll probably be gone for like a fourth or fifth rocket. Um, because Njoku can play. It's just that inconsistent. It's that, and you have to balance out. Is it the young? That's why he inconsistent, or is it the fact that you know his potential just hasn't? I mean, this is what he is, you know. Because um, he, when we drafted him, it was about potential. Oh, yeah. He had all the traits. He could be good, but it was always his hands aren't there yet. Oh, and tr- that's something that's a concern. Trust me, I know. Like I have that Michael Kidd, you know, different sport, but Michael Kidd Gil- Gilchrist kind of thing. Like I get what you're if saying. If he can shoot, well, that's not something that you just gain. You know what I mean? Like, well, his catching is better than Gilchrist. Oh, absolutely. My okay. shooting is better than Gilchrist. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I think y'all could probably get like a third or a fourth because I think a team will bite on the young potential, the talent that's all there. And like, you see when he do play for y'all to play. I think he could have had a real good year for y'all last year. But last, when you just talked on your quarterback making throws, he set the man up to get his wrist broke. Yeah, that's true. I just and, – and I agree with you on that one that – it could be between the third and the fifth, just depending yeah. on how you look at it. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like shallow how. Yeah, know? for sure. Some, some people may look at you and think, oh, yeah, if I can, you know, if I, if I believe in my coaching, then I'm, I am feel cool with giving the third round for it. If I'm not that, you know, happy about my coaching, but I know I need a tight end. We'll and I think that's I think that's what y'all going to do and you're going to regret it. I think y'all going to give him away. Could I be a little biased instead of your cane? For sure. But I think y'all going to, like, probably get, like, a fourth-fifth. And, like, he's going to go to an offense where, like, they use his, like, his talent. Because, like, he's one of them after-the-catch guys. Throw him a bubble screen, he could. Oh, yeah. Like, so I think a team will really use him. I think y'all guys were too, like, trying to use him too much as, like, a traditional tight end. And always want to line him up on the line. Like, that ain't that ain't what got him. Trust me, I watched That ain't what got him a first-round pick. It wasn't. It was the uh, orthodox of what he could do at the tight end position. Is where you could line him up out wide and he run a nine route. Where you could line him up in the slot and he take advantage of the linebacker tight end mismatch. But the same problems he had for the Browns was the same problem he had in Miami. I never understood a player who could make the flashy catches, but a drop the ones that hit you right in the numbers. And David Njoku has been like that for years now, and I just never get it. But the potential is all there. I'm just. I wasn't shocked he asked for the trade because I think y'all like what we were just talking about before this. I think like y'all getting into a problem where y'all loading up on too much talent. You remember that time the Eagles had that crazy offseason and everybody's like, this is a dream team. They didn't add it. This, that, and the third. I think it started with that. La- I think it where it went wrong, y'all got two guys that want to be the number one receiver. And they're not going to say it because they best friends. But that, I think that's a problem right there. You Somebody got to take the back seat, and we've been real, got to be Landry. We know he's not Odell. Yeah, I just think that with them, it's more so somebody else has to be the one, and Baker Mayfield has to show that he can be that to be like, all right, I'm the one that can divvy up who gets the ball, yeah. and you're going to be the number one at, on certain nights. You're not whatever, and, and make it happen that route. Yeah. But you have to have an offense that's explosive to be able to do that. For like, sure. When you have that much talent, you can't be in a position where you're – you're not holding up your end of the bargain. Now, granted, I believe a big thing of what happened last year is when um, um, Mason Rudolph got the oops upside your head because Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett is a huge piece of that puzzle. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, that is when the tailspin started more than anything. But it's more so you have to be explosive on both sides of the ball. And I think that Baker, they're in the, they're in the trenches with him. They're in the huddle with him. But it's hard to believe him. And last year, 
Beckham didn't do what he needed to do. Even though he had a thousand yards, he could have been way better than he was. Landry didn't really do what he needed to do. Even though he had a thousand yards, he could have been better than what he is. Kareem Hunt coming in a little bit late. I think that hurt too because we didn't have a full year offseason and all that. Yeah. And that's where COVID may come into play too, depending on how the offseason goes. That may hurt us. You know, I think that's that's what will help you guys. I- because you don't need that much of a training yeah. camp. You guys know what you do, know how to play and, and whatnot. But I think, you know, going back to Njoku, it depends on what we do with that. I know I was seeing something about Ngakwe that may be a possibility. I don't know how much smoke there is to that. But if that gets pulled off and we get better that way, because I don't think you necessarily get better when you get rid of Njoku. No. To yeah, be I'm honest with you, saying. I didn't think tight end was an urgent It wasn't. That's why needed. I was so shocked y'all went out. And grab Hooper. Like, I understand the player he is, but like you said, I don't think. Because even Njoku, the falls tight end y'all got, he could block and yeah. got solid hands. Me, excuse me. Even the third string tight end y'all had playing after that was like, I didn't think tight end was a position of need for the Browns. Now you can find one too, yeah. though, somewhere. So yeah. it's, it's more so. Um, but Joku did, he has a contract coming up, um, that fifth year option. We picked it up, but. I just think that it was going to become the time that we won't have to pay him anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a believer in just letting players walk and get the compensatory picks. Don't you know? Use your eligibility as much as you can, and then no, we you good know, for that. Absolutely, <laughs> but that's why you guys are where you are, you know, because that's the smart. That's a way of using all your resources. Yeah. So I just think that depending on what we do with the Joku and if we can get better from that, because if we get rid of him for third, fourth round of next year, that doesn't necessarily make us better. So it's just to see how things go with that. But I think, um, speaking of landing spots, I think Kansas City wouldn't be a bad spot for you, though, just to be the second tight end. Kelsey's already going to take all that attention. And you got Project Pat Mahomes that's ready to give the ball to whoever, whenever, however. So somebody else that takes attention from a Travis Kelsey, so he can be able to, because he has all the attention now. But to be able to get something off of him and be able to really shine the way he needs to shine, and the Joker can, you know, Get off of that too because Tyreek Hill is going to be double teamed. Um, Kelsey's going to have the attention. <laughs> Sammy Watkins still demands yeah. attention. Um, and Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys that whoever you can put out there, you can put us all three out there and he can go ahead and give us the some. Teams, uh, I've seen the most with Njoku that they said y'all been. It could be some right there the Cowboys and the Packers. Mm. The Cowboys, I can see that being the most realistic trade. They don't have a tight end, they just got rid of Jason Witten. Well, not just got rid of him, but he signed with the Giants. But they have a tight end, but they don't have that tight end, tight end. So I think that's why I think the Cowboys could be where a spot he ends up landing. I don't think they'll give up. I could see them giving you all a third-round pick. Because, mm. you know, Jerry Jones, when he wants something, he kind of going to go get it. So well, I, I could see them doing that. According to Justin McKee on Facebook, he says, Njoku can come to NOLA. Yeah, that would be a great fit for him, too. Shout out Yak, too. I know that is. Uh, but, yeah, New Orleans will be a great fit for them as well. They don't have a tight end. Right. And uh, with their tradition with Miami tight ends, you see what they did with Jimmy Graham yeah. using tight ends. Is he so, still on? on nah, team? he played for the uh, – he just signed with somebody. He signed with the, the Bears. Bears. Yeah. yeah, he signed with the Bears. But you see how they use Jimmy Graham? They never would use right. him like as an online tight end. They used him in the slot and things like that. So that's something David Njoku could go do well in New Orleans as well. Um, all right, so we're gonna talk training camp battles. One of y'all want to take it away? Um, this my biggest thing about training camp battles this year is, um, I think a lot of incumbents may be able to keep the, their spots just because I think COVID is gonna be such a big thing. Because the less I have to teach you, 
the better it's going to be because we don't know how this is going to go. We don't know how training camps are going to be, um, how position groups are going to be, how is the team, you know, there's so many unanswered questions. Even up to this point, we don't know. So I think um, more than anything, um, I can't really pinpoint one training camp battle I'm looking to outside of maybe Cincinnati's the receiver core. Right. Um, T. Higgins and uh, John Ross, I personally think he takes his job because John Ross, how many times can you try to depend on this man to stay healthy and do some things for you? Uh, I think that's a big reason why they picked up T. Higgins. I just don't think Cincinnati wants to admit that they wasted the top 10 pick. So, um, John Ross, it's right there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's in your face. Yeah. I mean, I want to say we you have to say your word. I want to say as he he hasn't even gave y'all a season in three seasons. Nah, I mean, like, I, waste I of a pick. It all right. It it kind of is a waste of a pick, but I I blame that more on Marvin Lewis than anything because his first year there, Marvin barely he didn't use him for what he needed to yeah, use him. You for. know why he didn't? Why? He was injured. He he was injured for what? Part of the season, he was still playing at one point. I thought John Ross broke his foot his first year. I, I he thought he missed his second. whole first season. No, I, no, he was on the he was on the bench. He was in the doghouse pretty much the first season. He was banged up though. He started. Yeah, he was banged up, but we put him up. in at times. Like he just used him as a deep threat, just because of his speed. I remember that one. He's a one trick pony, pretty much. And I think that may help him if Zach Taylor looks at him and says, "All right, we'll kick return." No, that's where they messed up hiring Zach Taylor because he was under. Uh, what's the Sean McVay? Right. Because he wasn't the actual quarterback coach. So I never seen what was the thing in Zach Taylor. Well, that's, I, that't, that's that hard eye emoji thing, though. Like, it's, you seen Sean McVay doing different things, and you looked at the rest of that staff and said, well, I can't oh, get Sean McVay, I but I get the free. Like, no, nah, you know it doesn't. Like, that, but that's, that's <laughs> like, the culmination of that, though. No, like, for real. You, you can't get the baddie. But I just take the friend because uh, the friend maybe, but maybe don't get you the wins. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have right, to okay. get All the right. for sure thing. All right, so. relax on my coach. Right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It may be like. I mean, North. I get what y'all saying. You know, I do, I do, I do get what y'all saying. But he my coach for right now, so that's my coach. <laughs> you gotta support your coach. You yeah, and I, I mean, I think he could, he could possibly do good things just because. I mean, you have some talent there. You have. Right. Your guys like they they built a team around Zach Taylor to grow with. Yeah, he got his quarterback and everything now, so there's no excuses. I mean, this year if we do, you know, bum, I probably I might give him a little leeway, but I will be on him. I will be on. Him. They have to be better. I'm not saying that they have to be. Like, yeah, yeah nobody expects the Bengals like, to make the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not expecting like that, that but, but if we don't at least get five wins, five or six, something like, got it. Something, something got to shake. shake. That's improvement yeah. right there. Because I mean, there's there's enough veteran talent in that room. There's enough, you know, especially AJ Green, because personally, I thought that was the biggest detriment to your entire team. Like, right. For sure. have AJ. AJ Green is the pecking order. If you got AJ Green, then Tyler Boyd doesn't have to be amazing. Tyler Boyd ain't never going to be amazing, but he's going to be solid. Yeah, he is solid number two. So if, if he can be a number two, cool. Then you can have T. Higgins as what, your two, three? Because I think right. with T. Higgins there, Tyler Boyd goes to the slot. At least yeah. more into the slot. He definitely plays in the slot more. So now your, your three headed monster is good. Joe Mixon's a dog. Flat out. I don't so think he lived out. up to expectations no, last year. I mean, he struggled to begin with, but he, he finished solid at the end. He ain't scored a touchdown until like week 13. Yeah. He's out here talking about he's the best running back in the league. Potential. And the year before, he was he was looking like the best running back. But he had a slump. He'll be back, though. He'll be back. But I think that's a big part of that, too, is just A.J. Green. Now you have somebody nah, that can take attention. Uh, nah, I know, I know all about it. Killed us. Oh, 
Oh, man. <laughs> That's, oh, my goodness. If it's one player that I'm nervous that we play, it's AJ Green. AJ Jeremiah. Like, no more that uh three touchdowns. What was it, first quarter? Man. Like three I can't say on camera, but stressed. Like, Stress, yeah, bro. AJ Green stresses me out. We can even go back to what was it, 2012, when he caught the tip hell mary at the end of the game. AJ Green really stresses me out. Like he really stresses me out, bro. He's a bad man, and that's that's what happened last year. I feel like is when you you know you you take him out of that mix for the whole entire year. Now that helped him get Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow's just gonna help him this year because you have a guy like AJ Green that you can depend on. You have a Tyler Boyd that you can depend on. You have a Joe Mixon that you can. Um, his name is uh, forgive me now, but Jonah Williams. Um, that's like another first round exactly. pick. Yeah, right, and he was injured year. all last year too. You know, so you add that to the mix. That's why I think they have to go into at least a five win category because you have enough. Right, you lost too much last year, and then you're going from a different head coach. Like Marvin Lewis had his faults, but Marvin Lewis was the Cincinnati Bengals, and he had them. He had them to a point where making not winning in the playoffs was a thing. Because prior to Marvin Lewis, not making the playoffs was a huge thing. Right. So to be able to, you know, have the expectations be that big, then you bring in Zach Taylor in where they were trying to lose. We all know that. That's why you bring in the young coach. That's why you get rid of who you got rid of. And you didn't really try to bring any talent in there. I knew that they were trying to win because of the reader move. Because now we're showing that we're, we're picking up a reader is a win move. Right. That's not going to be pretty flashy. It's is not going to break your news that. But that helps you win in December. And I think they're trying to make you know moves to get there. Personally, I thought they should have went Chase Young last year in the, in the draft. Because, the overall pick? The yeah, first overall? Because I love this quarterback class. It has not that much to do, do with Joe Burrows. It's just that I felt like if you're not about to win now, you can hold off. Right. Um, I kind of look at it the similar event with the Browns. Like, Although I was a big Patrick Mahomes guy, I always thought that year that – Brown should have picked uh, Miles Garrett because mm-hmm. that's just the best player in the draft. And then you can get your quarterback a little bit later when you don't you build your team. And um, I think that right now they're in a situation where Cincinnati's kind of going the same. They could have went the same route and then got a quarterback later, and then you would have had a team built around them to be able to compete. But now that they do have their quarterback, it never hurts. So to see them kind of bring – the best of the Joe Burrow year one by having the talented pieces around them, I think that won't hurt. And just having AJ Green be able to take that over, that should be able to kind of help him in that role. So right. we'll see. We'll see how Cincinnati So does. the only position battle you really think is on, on offense with the receiver core? Yeah, and that's just a, a slot area. Because, you know, like I said, I, I think a lot of incumbents keep their job. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just more so I don't – they may not be a trainer kid. Who knows? You know, training camp may be like a week or two because they're trying to hurry up and, you know, do this COVID thing. And you're going to have to have to come to the dance with the, with the girl you trust and the girl you know. And I think with a lot of teams, they're going to look at it that way, especially now the quarterback situation is different in Cincinnati, but the pressure is different in Cincinnati, too, where you don't have to necessarily like I'm, I'm thinking of Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles kind of situation. Like that's not AFC North, but I think that that's a battle where maybe Mitch Trubisky wins because. Nick Foles is going to have to come along. Okay. Well, where, speaking on battles outside of the AFC North, uh, Justin asked about the QB battle in Washington. Between Haskins and who's the backup? I, I don't remember. I really don't. It is your answer. It's going to be Haskins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't if, – if you're going to replace Haskins or have a quarterback battle, I think that's where you pick up a Cam Newton. Right. 
for Cam Newton not to go there because Ron Rivera is there, and I think that you can legitimately say, oh, I didn't draft Haskins. I don't want Haskins to be yeah. here. I know Cam Newton, though. Let me bring him in. Now that's a battle. If you but can't I name can, the back I can see why kind of bring up the Washington quarterback thing because, like you said, he didn't draft Haskins. That doesn't have to be his guy. So how you just said this is Baker's make or break year, they could be looking at this as, well, this is going to be the year we see if we keep Haskins or not. Because, like you said, I don't think the Redskins will be a playoff team or a contending team. Do I think they got a little better? Yeah. Oh, it's Alex Smith. Uh, with the pieces they have. Kyle Alex, Allen. Kyle Allen. It's one of them. See, oh, yeah. Now, that could be interesting because that's Ron Rivera's guy. Yeah. He signed him from Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So, Haskins get to acting up quick. He could pull it and put Kyle Allen in there. But I think it will be Haskins. But, uh, this could be his make-or-break year with them because Washington, that's not the staff who drafted him. He also really didn't play too too good last year in the time he did play. It's like, uh, is he really that good of a quarterback or was it the Paris Campbells? Was it the Terry McClain's and them taking them dump routes and taking them 40 yards and 30 yards scoring touchdowns? So that's what you get to thinking about with Haskins. So I think he personally – 100%, I want him to succeed. He's a black quarterback. So, if I'm going to keep it all the way real, I would love to see him succeed. So, that's that. But we're going to see how the, the Redskins feel. Because, like we said, that's not their guy. They drafted. So, Ron Rivera could look at it as, I don't want this guy when I could go get a Justin Fields, another Ohio State quarterback to replace him. Right. A Trevor Lawrence, a Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Like, them are going to be the three top quarterbacks, I feel like. And then you got somebody like Brock Purdy. From Iowa State that everybody loves as well. So this could be Haskins make or break year in that quarterback situation. This is Purdy. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and I can I can definitely agree with that. I can see him going that Tebow route, um, where Tebow was the guy, but new regime come in, you don't hear nothing about Tebow. Um, that Jimmy Clausen, same thing. Um, Rob Rivera got him up out of there bringing Cam Newton in. So it's not your guy. They don't have to. They don't have to stay with him, honestly. We've right. seen how this play out in the NFL multiple times. Yeah, I think Haskins knew that, too, because he reshaped his body a lot. He's been working a yeah, lot. Yeah, he's definitely been working. One thing I would love to see more when I do see is him actually with his receivers. Yeah. And not always working with other receivers. Like, I understand it's good to throw regardless. But, like, start building that chemistry with your guy. You feel me? Like, why I haven't seen a video with him and Terry yet is beyond me when y'all both play that O-State. Y'all both play for the Redskins, but I see you all the time throwing to Miko Hartman. Yeah. He don't play for you. He play for Patrick Mahomes. He's going to eat regardless. So, like, just build some chemistry with your guys. That's, like, I love to see him working out, getting in shape and all that, but, like, let's just see that. I would love to see what it's your actual guys. Absolutely. So you think he's going to have a, a second season like Lamar did? No. If any, well, not exactly you wanna, like Lamar. Like, if somebody could have a season like that, it's Kyler uh, Murray. Okay. Yeah. Kyler Murray. I like Kyler Murray. To, I think he could have a big jump and possibly, of course, like the do with Lamar did, you got to have team success. Right. You're not just going to get an MVP without team success. But stat-wise, I can see Kyler Murray making that jump. Uh, I'm a big Drew Locke fan. Like, I liked him since he was at Missouri, to be I honest. I mean, he got an arm, but. Yeah, he got, he got an arm. He kind of got a little cockiness to him, too, that right. I like. Uh, and they got him some weapons. He got Cortland Sutton. They got Jerry Judy. They got K.J. Handler. They got Noah Fant. Like, they're getting people for their quarterback to actually get the ball, too. Okay. So, uh, I like that. So, them is some quarterbacks I think could have a big jump, a second-year jump. But do I think anybody will have, like, a second-year jump like Lamar Mahomes did and win MVP? 
Right. I don't think so because I think possibly one of them could win MVP again. If we're being honest with you, then you got somebody like Deshaun Watson, how far he could get to Texans. So there's multiple people that could win MVP, but like out of the second year quarterbacks, I think Kyler Murray and Drew Locke, I expect them to take the biggest lead. Okay. I think you have to be legendary too to be able to like Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson were both legendary with what they do. Yeah. You won't find too many people with the legs that Lamar Jackson has, nah. and that he has arm talent. It's just not that pinpoint yeah. accuracy arm talent. It's that bazooka though. Pat Mahomes, he comes strapped. <laughs> so it's more so that with the Cal Murray, I agree wholeheartedly because you have DeAndre Hopkins. That and his offense is catered to him. Yeah, definitely. Like when you like, like you building, you catering to your guy. Like, and he gives me Russell Wilson vibes. Like when I look at him, I see Russell Wilson all over again. Uh, who? Kyler Murray. Okay. Yeah, like I think that's why I'm so big on him because I think me personally, I got Russ as a top two quarterback. Right. Like I love Lamar, but I don't got him as a. He's my number three. But uh, I got Mahomes and Russell Wilson one and two. I actually got Russell one. Okay. But uh, I love I love that. So that's what I look when I see Kyler Murray. I see Russell Wilson all over again. I think that's why. Yeah, I'm I can see with. that. And then he got Hopkins now. So yeah, they got Christian Kirk. They got Larry Fitzgerald who still <laughs> catches. He has more tackles in his career than he has drop passes. That should tell you something for some like. Don't get no better than that. Right. I love me some fits, man. Like, you talk about do it the right way. That's do it the right and way. And do right it the right way. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I love to see. And, and that's where I think it's going to screw up a, a Dak Prescott because you have to take advantage when you're not paying him much. Yeah. And I think with Kyler Murray, Arizona was smart to say, oh, let's build a team around him that's ready to win now because yeah. we have to take advantage of the situation. You, you know, speaking of Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson has one title. And that was when he was on that rookie contract. Mm-hmm. You know, we were able to build a dominant team around him because once we have to start paying him, people are going to leave. Yeah, people are going to leave. That takes a hit. That's, so it's 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 yeah, always the smartest. For sure. And I mean, to your point about um, Haskins, that's why you have to find that man. Yeah. Because if you're not going to be that guy, I don't want to have to pay Baker, too. I don't want to have to pay you $20 million, especially now. Yeah, because quarterbacks, you ain't no cheap way of paying them. Never. And like, if you have to, if you're paying a quarterback cheap on that second contract, he ain't what you want him to be either. at all. You know, so drafting your future quarterback again. All right. Well, to bring it back to the AFC North uh, position battles, any any other team you think got it? Uh, speaking for us, as in the Ravens, uh, I think wide receiver will be right. a good position battles for us because uh, if you watched the playoffs last year, we dropped at least seven passes. Uh, my boy Willie Sneed, who I love, we just moved the chains. Mm-hmm. He was dropping passes. Mark Andrews dropped a couple passes for us. We had uh Chris Moore drop a couple passes for us, but. I think Hollywood is going to take that next step. Uh, he's been putting in crazy work this offseason. He's gotten a lot bigger. I think he'll become the number one for us. But then after that, I'm interested to see what like somebody like Miles Boykin do for us. Is he going to take that next step? Uh, the two receivers I mentioned earlier, are they going to come in and take immediate play time because we don't have no receiver that's just you going to be like, oh, that's who the Ravens got a receiver. We fear that. Right. I mean, we love Hollywood, but he ain't really – Put that fear in nobody. Yeah, he showed the big I mean, play. other than that speed, yeah, you're right. He hasn't put any fear in this Yeah, you feel me? So, like, he got he to gotta show more for him to really, like, change right. fear him as that number one. I mean, he had a great playoff game. He had the eight catches for, like, 115 yards. So, I think he showed what he could do there. And uh, I think my expectations for him are so high because, like, he was never 100% last year. Right. Uh, he played the whole season with screws in his foot at 70%. So now that we finally could get him at the number one receiver, 
and uh, that's who Lamar actually wanted like this whole time. So that guy right there. So I'm interested to see what our receiver competition would be like. I know we're going to have a good competition at running back as well. Uh, I think Mark Ingram will still be the lead guy, but I'm interested to see who's the two because people forget Gus Edwards almost had 700 yards last year. People forget how good Justice Hill played them last couple of games with Zach Browns and Steelers fans when he came over and took for Mark Ingram. Uh, and to draft somebody like J.K. Dobbins, who is Ray Rice all over again, is interested to see what he do. So I think the running backs and receiver competition for us is going to be real, real competitive during the training camp. Okay. Um, I think – the biggest training camp battle that I was going to see with my Browns is Njoku's taking himself out of it. Um, I thought it was going to be between him and Harrison Bryant to see who's going to be that number two tight end. Um, I thought that's why we brought in Harrison Bryant. Njoku was on the, I don't necessarily say the chopping block, but I think Njoku was, his days were numbered, so to speak. So I think he, he sensed that too. Who's y'all number one? Um, Austin Hooper. You just automatically giving it to him? I mean, you if you pay him eleven million like a year, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I would. Except if you're Matt Flynn. I mean, see his contract. Yeah, Matt Flynn, you got paid, and Russell Wilson took his job. Yeah, his history, but yeah, usually when you pay somebody big like that, you're going to play them definitely as a starter. So I mean, I thought uh, Njoku, he just, I mean, he knew it was coming, and he just wasn't confident that he was going to beat him out. And I think that, especially you know, you can understand it too from a money perspective because if I'm coming into a contract year and I'm trying to get paid. And you bring another tight end in after another tight end, that's, you know, you're telling me what you need to tell me right then and there. You know, I'm not here to be, like, I'm here to help your team win this year or do things for you this year, but you're not here necessarily to help me go to my next level. Now, some of that's his fault. You know, accountability is a big thing with me. So you have to admit that you didn't play as well as you should have been playing. But at the same time, I can't knock you too much for wanting to do what's best for him. And that, in this case, that's what it is. Now, me personally, I'm a competitor, so I'm more so bring it on. Whoever, whenever, however, let's do it. But that's me. You know, in Joku, he probably looks at it in a different way. I need to get paid. I need to do what I need to do for me and my family. So let me get up out of here. So somebody else, if I want to be a number two anywhere, I'd rather be a number two where I want to get the ball a lot or I'm going to be able to still make an impact, not at, you know, a third tight end and, well, or what have you. So I just think that was probably the biggest training camp battle. I think, you know, for the most part, maybe Vernon would have had a situation, but now they um, re-upped him and signed him to a guaranteed contract. So I think that takes that out of the mix. But just to see the tea leaves and going after uh, Jadavian Clowney, I think we were trying to replace Vernon Carey. I mean, Vernon, um, Olivia Vernon, but we weren't able to, so we just decided to go ahead and pay him. Shout okay. out to Olivia Vernon. Was well, that another? Yes, name? sir. Wow. But he can play, though. So uh, I, I'm going to put it – I don't care what team you in the NFL. Right. You a Miami guy, I'm going to say it. Even you see I just said it with bad – Artie Burns. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to say it. Well, I mean, you kind of hit the needle on the head, uh, T, with the Bengals. I, w- I would have loved that they kept Andy Dalton to see that battle. But the receiver battle is probably the, the biggest thing for us in the training camp. So let's, uh, let's talk Steelers. Uh, looking at them. I, I think wanna, they're – to touch on them, I think the running back position is going to be a good one. Um, I think the receivers, because last year, Juju didn't take the step. Everybody thought he would take. Uh, well, he got injured, didn't he? Towards yeah, the end? but still, he still was playing. Yeah, he played like, when, yeah this expect, like, he was expected to replace A.B. Uh, it's always easier when you're the number two receiver and not – 
the main guy to focus is right. on. So he could have a bounce back year. I'm interested to see that. Like you said, they uh, drafted Claypool from Notre Dame, who I think probably going to come in and get play time for them. Uh, me personally, I like Deontay Johnson a lot for them. Uh, he's a receiver who could do everything. You can play him inside, outside. So I think they're running their skill position battles will be interesting because even at the tight end, they signed Eric Ebron, they resigned Vance McDonald. So I think their skill competition will be pretty good battle because I think their defense is is kind of set. Uh, they have one of the most, one of the best defenses in the league. It was real slept on, but the defense is really good out there in right. Pittsburgh. You don't think the tight end position is going to be a battle between Ebron and uh, yeah, I just McDonald's? And McDonald. Yeah, I okay. think all their skill positions, tight end, receiver, and okay. running back, they're all open up in the air. I think Steelers wise, this really is the backup quarterback situation. Like that's more so where I think the biggest competition is. I mean, I'm not a yeah. That's and that's I didn't understand the Dobbs move last year because I thought he was better than any quarterback they had on the roster outside of Big B. But they got rid of him, so I just think that it's so important to me because Big Ben's not guaranteed. Big Ben wasn't guaranteed to play 16 when he was in his prime. For real. So now, oh, watch Big Ben. Like, I don't know how long he will be able to, you know, sustain this. I don't know how long he'll be able to play. One hit may take him out. So when that happens, you'll end up spiraling again because you don't have a quarterback. Now, one thing that may be in their favor, is um the extra spot for the playoff because last year if it they was like that they would have been in the playoff you know so even without having a good quarterback a uh, good backup quarterback the other one with a dent in his head uh, shout out to my my guy Miles again for that one keep it pimping player but uh, <laughs> you gonna celebrate that I'm always celebrate that because at the end of the day if you run up you run up on me you gonna get done up flat right. out so I don't care if you're on a football field basketball field in my neighborhood wherever you run up you getting done up so. At the end of the day, he should have known better. Mason Rudolph knew for a fact you weren't about to be able to see Miles. You know what you about to do? Tie a shoe? <laughs> <laughs> so he started he started it, it got finished. You know? right. But at the end of the day, it's that's the guy that you want to be your backup quarterback. Look what happened when he did play. Like all jokes aside, look what happened yeah. when he was out there. He's for no real. good. So if you're you're looking at the same thing this year, and they didn't do anything to really address that either. Right. So I mean, not to bring him up. But to bring him up, Calvin Kaepernick's still out there. No, I hey, he should have been had a job. He should have, but that's I what I would love to see the Bengals get him. Mason Rudolph goes to show you how much he is being blackballed because Mason Rudolph's a backup. Man, I mean, Mason Rudolph is a couple quarterbacks we go to: Chase Daniels, <sighs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like he's still in the league. Yeah, Chase. Chase, Chase Dan- you want to hear something shocking? He made more than Cam Newton. That's crazy that's wild that's crazy <laughs> that's crazy ain't it <laughs> yo that came you talking bad. about the nfl's all-time rushing leader quarterback that that came and a man bad. who's only started three games in his career uh, you talking about a man who's carried a i ain't even gonna get started you see that. the difference though that'd be a whole nother Damn. that is a, that'd be a whole topic for a, a, a long time a whole nother story yeah. Yeah, 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 we, we definitely go over after that point that is a fact all right. Well, let's talk about the uh, coaches in the hot seat. I would say if anybody is, is Zach. I don't think any quarterback, any coaches on the hot seat, but I would say if anybody seats start to get a little warmer, it'll be Zach. I would say Tomlin's kind of in that mix, 
but less of a hot seat situation. I think Tomlin might just look at that situation himself and take himself out of that. Because right. Tomlin's still a great coach. He's still a quality guy. He still has so many years ahead of him. So I just think that he may look at this Pittsburgh Steelers situation, and after this year, like, all right, you know what, maybe I'm, I need to see what what else is out there. Big Ben's going to go. It's a new regime. You know, that may be the best thing for both, both sides. So I don't think he's necessarily on it. I just think that it's a possibility. Um, Zach Taylor, I think that's a whole other ball game, um, just because you need to show progress. I'm not saying that he's going to be fired either, but if we're going to have a hot seat situation, it, I think that that's definitely him. Yeah, that may be it. But, I mean, the talk on Zach, the only thing that I really think he needs to do is to let go of play calling, because that was the whole thing that hurt us last year. He, I want to say we was in the red zone. He called a quarterback, a quarterback sneak on. Four and five, on um, fourth and five, like, like, it's a fourth down. We're five yards away from the touchdown. You call the quarterback sneak. Who does that? With Andy Dalton, who's like thirty-one. Probably trying to catch him off guard. Nah, not with Dalton. Like he ain't got them legs like that no more. That's some pretty kitchen stuff when he did fourth and nine with Chubb in the halfback draw. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, but it's with Zach. I can I can understand that because he's supposed to right. be. That offensive guru. guru, yeah, and, and that then, ain't. Plus, like Coach said, he never he like never this called is the plays in in St. Louis, and so then like, why was he glorified as his offensive guru? No, no one really knows. But he my he my coach right now. So oh, you gotta support your coach. Gotta support him, but he gotta let go of that play call. He yeah. surely does. So I guess what player would you? All right. <laughs> I guess the next thing we can talk about is let's talk about the schedule. Since we got on there, let's talk about these schedules. All right. So, which schedule y'all want to talk on first? Uh, might as well go ahead and um, let's get the Steelers about the way. We got about time for them. Yeah. We can end up on the Steelers and then finish the rest. Next episode. Next Steelers. Um, they got Carolina week one. Then they got Monday Night Football, the Giants. Then they got the Broncos. Then they got the Texans at the Titans, Philly, Cleveland at Baltimore, at Dallas, Cincinnati, at Jacksonville, Redskins at Buffalo, at Cincinnati, Indianapolis, then at Cleveland. So what it looks like is uh, they got a pretty well-balanced schedule there. Hopping back and forth home on the road a lot. Um, a game that should be interesting. You know, they're always going to battle with the AFC North teams. But um, I think a game like at Dallas, uh, by that time, we should start to know who teams are. That's early November. Uh, that's when teams are really competing for the playoffs and start to set their tone. And these are two teams, you know, that want to compete for playoffs, got expectations. So I think by that November 8th game against Dallas, I think, that should be a very interesting game because if Dallas has their expectations, of course they expect to be the winner of the NFC East. Right. And if Dak wants to get paid how he thinks he should get paid, these are the games he has to win and get his teams over the hump. So I think that game at Dallas, besides the you know that typical AFC North game with the Ravens and stuff like that, besides that game, uh, I think that game at Dallas is something on their schedule that stands out to me. Okay. Uh, looking at their schedule, it's a pretty solid schedule. Honestly, I'm looking at eight and eight for them a whole nother year. 
especially with Big Ben back at the wheel, because I don't think he still has the the talent or the arm that he used to, especially after the injury. Uh, their hardest game to me is probably the Ravens. So, yeah, it should definitely be an 8-8. Eight and eight. I'll save my record prediction on them. I got to look over the schedule. Back there with you. All right. What about you, T? I want 16 if you ask me. No. Oh. <laughs> I honestly think, um, actually looking at the schedule, the from December 13th into the end of the season, I think that's going to be tough for them. Um, Buffalo is really underrated. They're super underrated. Greatly uh, coached. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that, um, and by the time we still have that Ben thing in my mind, you know, they play Cincinnati on a Monday night and. You want to know who Cincinnati is by that time. Um, if Cincinnati is, you know, they're young, they're spry. Um, if, if Pittsburgh is banged up like I think they could be, then that could that could hurt them. Um, the Colts, Phillip Rivers, um, he's old, but he's going to be there. Um, I think the Colts have a pretty good team around them, too. I just think that with Jacoby Brissett last year, it wasn't going to get the job done. So, um, you know, they end the season with my Brownies. So by that time, and it's in Cleveland, so that may have playoff implications. Um, it just, it's not a treacherous end of the season, but I say that it's at least intriguing enough because I see so many different variations of possibilities that could happen. They can go 4-0 or they can mess around and go 0-4 in the same situation. They can go 2-2, two two, they can go 1-3. Like There's so many different possibilities with these four games and the way that it's set up. I think, I mean, just looking at the schedule, the Tennessee-Houston situation, ugh, that may be tough with the Philly. Philly's always going to be a tough game for them because it's a Pennsylvania thing and they don't play a, a lot. So depending on what you have to play for. In the NFL, a lot of that has to do with that. What do you have to play for? That's why the last four games for Steelers have me kind of intrigued because at that point, it's going to be – it's like a different variation of what other teams have to play for. Buffalo could be playing for a playoff spot. Um, Cincinnati could be playing for either a top five pick again or they could be paying, playing for some respectability. You've seen Cincinnati over the last you know, couple of years. They're playing when other teams aren't really playing. For sure. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's 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 a it's a level of intrigue with that. Um, Baltimore, I agree, it's going to be the toughest game they're going to have because Baltimore always plays um, Steelers tough. Um, they they're really the rivals. That's the best rivalry in the NFL. They hit hard, you um, know. So I want to say the best. It's up there. Best rivalry in the NFL. Um, Dallas is going to be interesting, especially they're playing in Dallas. So um, I don't see them stopping Zeke at all. Um, it's 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 going to be tough. I mean, especially they got the NFC East. So we'll see NFC East and the AFC South is what it looks like. But yeah. um, if I would have to guess. Uh, I agree with the eight and eight. Okay. Well, actually, no. Is is it? They play seventeen games right now, do they? Or is it no, next year? Be, uh, okay. Yeah. So eight and eight. Yep. I agree with that. Like I said, I hope they go zero and sixteen. So <laughs> let, let them have a parade. <sighs> All right. So let's look at over the uh, Ravens schedule. Uh, Okay, so the Ravens got the Browns first week. They got the Chiefs, and then they got the Bengals, Steelers. You reading that schedule wrong? Am I reading it wrong? Yeah, yeah. it goes left to right. Yeah, oh, they not. got the Browns, Texans, Chiefs, Redskins, Bengals, uh, Eagles, Steelers, Colts, Patriots, Titans, Steelers again, Cowboys, Browns again, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the New York Giants, and the Cincinnati Bengals again. Okay. <laughs> 
That's rough. Yeah, that's a tough schedule. Uh, I started off. I got three games on this list. One, Monday Night Football versus the Chiefs. That's that's going to be probably the most watched Monday Night Football game since the Chiefs and the Rams a couple years ago. All right. Um, my second game is definitely versus the Tennessee Titans. That You can actually say that's number one on the list of the games I want to see. And then the one that intrigues me the most is versus the Patriots because they're always going to be a good coach team because they have Bill Belichick, but now they're a contender again because I, I feel like they're a contender again because they have Cam Newton. I mean, but who's he going to throw to? Who he throw to in Carolina? Mm, That's point. a good point. All right. Yeah, he were, he was that offense. He was that franchise. Right. Like, it's not it, – carrying the offense and carrying the franchise, this is nothing new to Cam Newton. And now you possibly give him the best coach of all time and Bill Belichick. Okay. Who said the best mobile quarterback he's ever seen is Cam Newton. You also know one quarterback Bill Belichick has never beat. It's Cam Newton. Tied out. Okay. All right, I see your point now. I see your and point. they got the best corner in the NFL. They still have a good defense. The Patriots are the Patriots, bro. Yeah. That's why I did not want them to get Cam Newton because that's very scary. That's very difference. scary. Yeah. All right, but all right. So, what's your prediction though? Uh, I go anywhere between. I don't think we'll go fourteen and two again like last year. I'll go anywhere between like uh, eleven and five, thirteen and three. I was thinking eleven and five too. I probably I probably would say twelve and four. I think that'll be our record, but right. you never know. But I mean like it's what Lamar played his what first full season last year? Mm-hmm. So teams now got more tape on them, so that the defense should be more adjusted to how Lamar plays and like you said, there are some tough games on here with the Chiefs and you kinda make sense with the Patriots and then the Titans, you know, they'll just feed the ball to Henry. Yeah. So that's why we addressed the D line and linebacker because of him. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. I see. I see. I see a pretty tough schedule, but eleven and five should probably. Yeah, that should probably ease out. What about you, T? I can see that. Um, I'm thinking more the ten to six to twelve and four kind of situation. Um, just because, like you said, there's more tape on them. Um, and kind of throw a teaser out there for the next week's show. There's a certain guy out there that I think determines me going from 10 and 6 to maybe a 13 and 3 to a 14 and 2 again just by this one guy coming on that roster again another tease we'll talk about that next week um but i think that the ravens have a solid everything goes wrong 8 and 18 you know worst case scenario 8 and 18 yeah i think best case scenario 14 and 2 13 and 3 kind of area a 14 and 2 is very hard to do it it absolutely <laughs> is but i think last year a lot of everything was yeah, you know, probably. so if we go from, you know, I'm not the most math wise guy out here. Um, my proficiency test scores will tell you that. But <laughs> but just doing you know, simple math, I think that you'll regress to the mean at some point and end up where you should be, which may yeah. be 11 and 5, 10 and 6, that area. So um, it's obviously any game against the Chiefs is going to be a tough game. Um just looking at the schedule, the Patriots. I thought that that was the difference. The Cam Newton um, situation was from the Patriots picking top five, top ten to maybe playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Cam man. Newton's that good. Real. I just I feel like that's the case. Um, the Texans, I kind of feel like that was a terrible move with the Hopkins situation, but they may end up getting a W. 
that, you know, one of those sneaky, like, you might look at the Texans schedule, they might be 5-11, and 11, but all five wins might be against playoff teams, because it's just, football's weird like yeah. that. So, I mean, if I would have to predict, you know, like I said, it's, it's I would, final answer 10-6, and six, but, um, it's going to be intriguing to see how teams match up with Lamar Jackson, knowing that they have a four-year on him, so, um, I don't know, let's, let's see how this goes. Let's just hope that we get a 10-6 and six situation, that means we get football. Yeah. So, I mean, more than anything, that's what I'm hoping for. I don't want to get too much into predictions and everything. I just want to predict that there's a football season and something to watch. Right. Okay. Well, before we uh, close out, Coach, you said you was going to talk about the Steelers and give a little prediction. Oh, um, yeah. So, before we uh, with my Steelers, I go. Let me see the schedule. Uh, I'm shooting somewhere between like a 9 and 7, 10 and 16. Right. Uh, because their coach good. So, I think that's all what. If you look at last year, they should have had a terrible year and Tomlin had them on the verge of the playoffs. I think so. That's going to help their coach good. Uh, they have a g- good defense, a very good defense. So I think that could carry. And I'm just, like you said, I don't know what Big Ben's going to do. Is he going to be healthy? I know he lost a lot of weight, but even like T said, in his prime, you want for sure getting a 16 games out of him. So something was to happen right there. And then with the offensive skill position, who's really – going to take that next step like who's going to be that guy in the backfield who's going to be that guy catching the ball I'm not saying it has to be a receiver can it be the tight end who becomes that go-to guy or something but uh so I think the Steelers could go anywhere between nine and seven ten and six I think there'll be a pretty competitive team still okay um yeah uh well we're about to close out the show um just getting instructions real quick to know how to do this. <laughs> you know, first show, first show. Shout out to Rondell, MVP. Yeah. First time doing this production hey, thing. I'm trying to hold, hold it, it down. Held it down, man. Especially another shout out for um, Rondell and, and Cody and uh, Marville last, yesterday. Um, we debuted uh, the Open Gym show, which I am the actual third person on that show. Again, I couldn't play yesterday. I was in the surgery chair. Um, but these guys <laughs> stepped up tremendously for me. Um, had a great show, good banner. Um, I felt, I felt I miss these guys, man. I'm happy to be back uh, talking my smack. So I'm glad um, to have you back, man. Love it, man. But yeah, shout out to you, man. I definitely appreciate everything you do here, bro. All right. sure. Well, before we close out, anything, any last thing y'all want to say? Open gym next week, baby. I'll be back. Nutty North next week. Same time, same channel. We right. out here. Well, Make sure you're on their network. That thing. Like you said, Nutty North. Uh, shout out Open Gym. Check out all my guys on, on Scroll on Air doing their thing. Check us out on the website. And uh, pay attention. ATS on the way. I ain't going to say too much, but ATS on the way. All right. All right. Like they said, check check us out on Scroll on Air. Facebook, scrollonair.com. Just, you know, check us out. We'll be back next week. Uh, see y'all later.